Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Punt Intended, the Fantasy NBA Dynasty podcast hosted by Sports Ethos. I am your host, Rhett Bauer, coming to you today with some early season reactions. Hopefully not overreactions. Um, going to be talking about some players who have struggled that should pick it up. Some players who are killing it that probably won't continue to do that. And then maybe some guys who are doing exactly what they might do for the rest of the year after some changes over the summer. But before we do that, I want to do a little commissioner's corner type of thing. Um, I don't talk much about... Uh, dynasty leagues from the commissioner's perspective despite being commissioner in too many leagues to be honest with you um but something happened after all this Kyrie stuff in one of the leagues that I'm not commissioner in that I just wanted to talk about because frankly it was ridiculous what was happening and um I, I think it's worth bringing a a bigger point to the table. Now, this is not meant to be calling out the current commissioner of the league. He's a great dude, a guy that I um, have gone back and forth with quite a bit. So I'm not um, not uh, calling him out for not doing his job as commissioner because I think he's doing um, a course of action that makes sense. Um, it's just hard to be in that seat. And I know because I've been in it. So basically after everything with Kyrie, which if you don't know about it, I'm, I don't really want to get into it on this podcast. Cause it's not, um, it, it would be an entire podcast, but basically Kyrie was just agreeing with promoting a bunch of terrible, terrible things. Um, and in his argument on video with Nick Friedel, he was basically saying that I have this huge platform, but don't keep me accountable for having this huge platform, which is just perfect Kyrie. And one of our league mates was saying that he stands with Kyrie and Kanye West and that you can't cancel greatness. And I don't care enough about it to change my opinions and it doesn't impact me. And there's been a lot worse said and done. So why should this be that big of a deal? And it went on and on and on and back and forth and back and forth and even more egregious than that. Like you can have your own opinions, of course. Like I try to keep uh fantasy basketball group chats to fantasy basketball, which is crazy. I know, but you can have your own opinions on stuff like that's fine. But this guy has been trolling for weeks. seems like his entire duration of the league is just constantly trolling. Uh, just, I, I personally don't like him. He knows that. I think everybody knows that who's in the league. It's not, it's not hard to tell, but it's also not hard to see why um, I'm, a pretty sarcastic person. Uh, I like jokes. I like to try to be funny, even if it fails. And there's a lot of people who 
do that in different ways, but this is not one of those situations. Like there's things to joke about anti-Semitism, and then uh, a bunch of other topics that we brought up. Cause we're just like, let's just see how far this can go. And we were just like, all right, so you're, you're a Deshaun Watson fan. He's like, well, I mean, he's a really good quarterback. Like, okay. So you're a miles bridges fan. It's like, well, he, you know, he was going to get a max for all the stuff that so you can't cancel greatness. Like commissioners, you have the responsibility of keeping your league healthy. And that sometimes comes down to removing people from the league. I know it's not easy. I know in paid leagues, it's it's difficult to do. But like you can tell when someone is toxic. Like it's 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 very very easy. And I the the reason that I bring it up is because I had two people come to me and was like, dude, I'm thinking about leaving this league. And I was said to them, is like, I am also thinking about leaving those leagues. So if you've got multiple multiple people just willing to give up their buy-ins, willing to give up their contending teams just to not have to hear from this guy anymore. Like, yeah, you can bend and keep the toxic guy in the league because the other people are willingly leaving, but it also just, there's just a certain level of respect that should come with being in a league that this person just does not have. Um, It's just, fairly ridiculous to be honest with you but regardless commissioners do what's best for your league it's not popular i know there's money on the line but we all do this for fun and there's there's ways to handle it i know with fan tracks once you start the season and somebody has their buy-in you can't forcibly remove them from the league they have to consent to it because they don't get their buy-in back but there's ways to do it you can swap owners out while keeping the buy in the same you can venmo them money you can paypal them money i have absolutely no problem in any sort of league i'm not in any high stakes leagues i don't have any problem at all giving somebody their money to go away like that is a price that i am willing to pay especially on in october if somebody's already being a just a trash person in the group chat constantly like you've got seven more months of this stuff, man. Like that's that's a really long time to deal with somebody like this. And you could talk to them offline. That's absolutely one of the first things you should do. You shouldn't just outright kick somebody because they're acting a certain way without any warnings. But man, it's just it's just hard to it's hard to commission to be a commissioner for leagues. It really is, especially ones that you're very invested in. So I get it, but you just have to you have to take the overall health of the league into account because there's nothing that can destroy a league faster than toxicity, to be quite frank. And especially when it's pretty consistently coming from the same person, it seems like we got it figured out. It doesn't look like this person is going to be removed from the league. He's been warned. He's um, so we'll see how that goes, but regardless commissioners, keep your leagues healthy, keep the chats moderated as much as you can. Don't you're not canceling everybody. You're not silencing people. Like everybody can have different opinions, but uh, yeah, just try to keep your leagues as healthy as possible because the whole point of a dynasty is to do it year after year after year. And if I don't want to be in the same group chat with somebody for a couple of weeks, I definitely don't want to be there for a couple of years. And if there's one person that feels that way, it's pretty common for there to be multiple people So you can get the gauge of the league if you want. You can talk to that person individually when you think it's an issue. But yeah, just just keep your league in mind. And if you have to make a hard choice after a reasonable amount of time and interaction, 
that's just that just kind of comes with the territory, which sucks. But how many people do you have in your league that are going to be better off by not having somebody in that league is the question you have to ask yourself. All right. So moving on to actual fantasy basketball, uh, I put out a sort of mailbag call not that long ago um, and wanted to touch on it. So Somebody asked if we should be worried about Carl Anthony Towns falling, Bam falling, and then whether uh, whether we should have any Poku hope. Now, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for any stretch of time, you'll know the answer to the last one is no. I don't think Poku is good. I think he's far more of a project than is worth investing to. He is only a fantasy asset because of the fantasy potential he has. It has nothing to do with his on-court product, except for a couple stretches at the end of every OKC tanking season where he is getting to do things that, uh, that no NBA team will ever let him do because he's not good enough to do it. So there's no Poku hope in my eyes, but if you want to hold on because you valued him at a top 100 a couple of years ago. And now you're just hoping that he can re uh, reinvigorate some of that. Then that's perfectly fine. So cat and bam, I did not like the Rudy Gobert trade. I don't think anybody who had Carl Anthony towns liked the Rudy Gobert trade because now cat is playing at the four. And as a longtime Pacers fan and longtime Turbonus uh, horror show watcher, Two bigs does not work well for at least one of them, sometimes both. Cat is falling in the rankings. He's got like eight rebounds a game, which is obviously way low. 1.1 stocks because he's not a great perimeter defender and he's not around the rim to get more blocks. It's very small sample size. 5.3 assists per game, which is pretty nice. He's actually leading the team in assists to Rudy Gobert, which I find um funny it's also good because that means that they are playing together and there's there's opportunities for that to work i think that this might be more of the normal than what we might want to admit um i mean you know you can look at it and you can say okay towns he's at 21 points two threes eight boards five assists 0.7 steals 0.4 blocks 50 or 47 percent 89 percent with 3.3 turnovers that's not far off from what he's used to doing except for the boards and the blocks but it's gonna be really hard to get those when he's playing the four on both ends of the floor because you want rudy gobert near the rim like you're not gonna accommodate cat on the defensive end and put him at the rim when you've got Rudy Gobert, like cat plays solo five. Um, obviously there's opportunity there. I don't know. I, I'm not docking cat too much in the dynasty rankings. Cause he still is top 50 right now. And he, he does produce, but I would not be surprised if cat was outside the top 25 this year, as far as a, uh, just for this year's rankings. And it's not looking like the Rudy Gobert trade is going to result in a lot of regular season wins. Like some people thought as well. So that's cat is definitely falling. If you could trade him for a top tier dynasty asset, then feel free to go for it. Um, I, I don't like cat much as a player. I just don't think he's a winning player to be honest, which sounds bad. And I promise you this isn't biased, but uh cat falling is very real. Bam Adebayo falling, it's kind of the same story as what it was last year when Kyle Lowry first got there and was playing healthy because Bam is only at 2.7 assists a game, I believe. 35 minutes a game, 2.7 assists. 
I don't think that's where he'll be. I think he'll definitely end up over three, close to that three and a half like he was last year. But I don't think he's going to get to that five mark that we were accustomed to before Kyle Lowry got there. They just don't put the ball in his hands very much, as much as I think they maybe should have. But it's also like Kyle Lowry's good. He's a point guard. You got to have him distributing the ball. But on top of that, Bam's boards have been down recently, and he's – I don't think that that's very uh, very sustainable, like eight eight rebounds a game in 35 minutes. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure Bam's going to average a double-double, so I'm not really worried about that. I would be buying Bam right now if I could. Um, this is just another early season stretch where he's just not getting the assists that we're used to seeing and his turnovers are up too. He's actually averaging 3.6 turnovers a game, which is certainly contributing to him falling outside the top 75. Um, Next question is Cade Cunningham. Are we worried about him? Do we think he can be a lead offense initiator because he's struggling with points and assists more than I thought? I'm not worried about Cade as much. The Pistons just added Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran, and that's two really, really big pieces. And Boyan Bogdanovich, like that's a lot of players to fit in who deserve to be playing a lot of minutes. Um, Jaden Ivey looks good. Jalen Duran looks good. Boyan has been crucial for them as far as providing spacing, but he provides that spacing by taking a lot of shots. I'm not worried about Cade. I did bump him down a little bit in the dynasty rankings, but mostly just because I had to bump my boy Halliburton up and I will stand by that. But no, I'm not worried about Cade. If you find somebody who is, I would absolutely be buying and not really thinking twice about it because, you know, we, we saw him struggle last year too, right? Like he was bad. And then, hey, all of a sudden he's not bad anymore. Crazy how that works after such small sample sizes and dealing with injuries. Uh, moving on, Patrick Williams, is he just bad? No, I don't believe Patrick Williams is just bad. Um, he's struggling this year. Uh, he's only, he's playing 21 minutes a game in seven games, which is obviously not good. He is shooting 43, 35, 89 are his shooting splits right now. He's shooting 35% from three on 2.4 attempts a game, which is his worst of his career on the highest volume of his career. He's shooting 48% from two, despite shooting about 52% the last uh, couple of years. And then, you know, that's just going to, all of that combined just kills his field goal percentage down to 43%. And that's just, I don't think that that's realistic. Like as big and as athletic as he is, 48% from two just doesn't, that just doesn't seem right to me. We've seen two years of almost 90 games of him shooting over 50%, over 52% from two. So I think we should consider that an outlier. Uh, last year, him shooting 52% from three in 17 games. Obviously, that wasn't going to be real. But in 71 games his rookie year, he shot 39% on two attempts a game. So we've seen Pat Will be able to shoot. I'm not worried about that. He's actually averaging 1.1 steals in 21 minutes a game, which is uh, a bit eyebrow raising. And then he's averaging 0.4 blocks in 21 minutes a game, which uh, both of those are in line with what he's been doing in 27 and 25 minutes a game. So if he can keep that production up and get more minutes, there's there's a, there's the same fantasy player that we've all been investing in is here still. Like I'm not I'm not panicking 
on Pat Will. I have him in the Dynasty 30, the the industry league that just drafted not that long ago, right before the season started. I I would move him because I think my team can be better, but I'm also not super patient when it comes to that. I've got Booker and Drew on my team, so I don't really know if I can afford to be, but I will absolutely not sell him for pieces. Like I'm not selling him for a Denny Abdia. I'm not selling him for a Colin Sexton or anything like that. Like if I was going to move him, I would move him for Jaden McDaniels. I would move him for maybe Atari Eason, uh, Isaiah Jackson, of course, guys like that. Like, you know, guys who are still young, but have some upside, as fantasy players and also as good players in the league, because we know how much that matters. Next question is Devin Vassell. Is this for real? And you guys know that my answer is going to be yes. Uh, And I don't say that as just because I want to be right about Devin Vassell. I say that because that's what the numbers are saying. So Vassell this year is uh, averaging about 19 points a game. And he's he's doing that on 41% from the field, 75% from the line. He's flirting with top 50 value right now with atrocious efficiency. Now, we know efficiency does not necessarily stay the same when the volume goes up, but there's no way that that he's not going to improve just a little bit, right? Like 41% from the field. He was at 43% last year. So that's not too far off. He's at 39% from three, which is a good deal, uh, especially because he's taking three more threes than he did last year when he was making 36%. Two point percentage. He's taking eight shots from two and hitting 42% of them. That number is going to go up. That's going to, that's just, That's what it's going to, it's going to go up. He's not a 42% shooter from the field. So maybe his focal percentage will even out as his three point percentage dips with the high volume, but his two point percentage goes up. But there's two areas where I am is why I'm so confident in Vassell being real or actually improving on this top 50 ranking. He's taking four free throws a game right now and is averaging 75% from the line. The last two years, he's been at 84% from the line. That bump would be massive for him. And then not only that, but we know the the thing with him is he's been a one, one, one candidate, right? He's like a guy who you're excited about because he blocks some shots last year in 27 minutes a game, he was getting 0.6 blocks a game, which is good. And the eye test checks that out because he's a great shot contester on the perimeter. He's a fantastic shot blocker from rear contests. And he's just a good good defender altogether. He has zero blocks so far on the year. Zero. If you go from zero blocks to 0.5 blocks, that's a that's a massive massive jump. That's so like zero blocks right now is good for like a negative 1 block value. A half a block is about 0.8. So you're getting a full 1 point value on his on his nine cat value just from him getting to an average amount of blocks that does not consider his field goal percentage maybe going up does not consider his free throw percentage going up both of which would increase his points and his threes i am buying devin vassell everywhere that i can and i think that it is while this role and this amount of shots probably isn't real for like the super long term i think he's a bit overtasked right now but he's on a bad spurs team so it's fine I think that he can very easily be 
is sort of 16 points a game, two and a half threes, five boards, three and a half assists, one steal, one plus steal, one block with okay efficiency. Like that is an elite, elite fantasy player. And this guy is just getting started, even though he is out with an angle injury. He just turned 22. Come on, let's, let's, let's buy into Devin Vassell a little bit. Uh, another question moving on. I got, uh, what is Desmond Bain's ceiling? And that's a really good question because Bain is a guy who absolutely exploded last year and is a guy who has a stat profile that I just typically don't like because he relies so heavily on volume scoring at a at an elite efficiency type clip, right? Like last year, 46% from the field, 44% from three, and 90% from the line. That was what we were getting from Desmond Bain, which is absolutely fantastic, of course. But like if his shot doesn't go in, what else is he doing? And he did have 1.2 steals last year, which is obviously excellent. 2.7 assists, which is solid. And then you've got 4.4 boards, whatever. That's not overwhelming, but it's also not terrible. So like he's good. But I don't think we're going to see five assists a game from him. He's playing 33 minutes a game, and a couple of these games have been without Ja Morant, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see how those numbers come down when Ja is healthy. I do think he can be around the three and a half, four maybe assist mark, which is going to be above average. Like that's that's a good player, and I think he'll level out at about 1.0, steals. I, his ceiling as a as just a fantasy player is probably top 30, which is wild. But that's just what happens when you can make three and a half threes at a 46% field goal and then almost 90% of your free throws. Would I be considering Bain a top 30 dynasty asset? No, I don't think that that's what he is. Is he top 40? Still probably no. I just don't think he has enough of a maybe maybe i'm discounting it maybe i need to reevaluate my thoughts on what desmond Bain can be but i just it feels like what he's doing right now is unsustainable but i look forward to being proved wrong because bane has been pretty fantastic and i've been wrong about him for quite a while it seems like uh thoughts on walker kessler versus jalen duran um Kessler seems like the bigger difference maker in blocks, but does Duran have more opportunity overall? This is phrased as a redraft question, but I'm going to spin it as a dynasty question. It's Jalen Duran, and it is not close. And I don't want to exaggerate it being not close because that's just something that gets said a lot, but it's not close for me. I would take Jalen Duran 100 out of 100 times over Walker Kessler. Watching Jalen Duran on the floor, he is... He is an insane, insane athlete, and he's unbelievably young. Walker Kessler, I don't, I don't know what he's going to be in the league. I, I mean, he's he's going to be limited as from a defensive scheme. So is Rudy Gobert. Yeah, okay. Walker Kessler is not going to be Rudy Gobert. I don't think he has lateral quickness. He's going to be in a drop. I don't think he's going to be a featured big on a team. I think he's going to be more of like a. 20 to a 25 minute a game guy and that's just not with the flaws that he has he's not taking threes he's not gonna shoot great from the free throw line he doesn't get assists 
like you just know what you're getting with a guy like Walker Kessler. And it's just, it's big man stats. It's field goal percentage rebounds blocks, low turnovers, and that's it. Like he does have 1.2 assists right now in 16.6 minutes. And so that's, that's okay. And he did, he did some of that at Auburn. If you, if you just watched him, he, he did pass the ball a little bit. I'm just not, I'm just not sold on Walker Kessler, especially not compared to Duran. So that makes that very, very easy for me not to be dismissive of Walker Kessler. It's just, it's Duran without even an ounce of hesitation. Uh, next question before I get into some other guys that I want to talk about. Um, what are your thoughts on some recent popular waiver ads such as Trey Murphy, Nick Richards, Jalen Noel, Trey Mann, and some other guys, but et cetera. But I'm, I'm, those are four guys that are going to be enough here. Trey Murphy, you guys know, and I keep bringing it up. I thought he would end last year as the starter for the Pelicans. And I think this year, it's it's very possible that he ends up as the sixth player, the sixth best player for the Pelicans. I've I've been pretty surprised at the amount of people who would rather have Herb Jones over Trey Murphy. That's literally just because of the steals, because Herb gets unbelievable steals and blocks and is like a decently efficient, low usage player. So of course that's gonna look better in a nine cat league. But Murphy is just going to be a better well-rounded player, especially with Zion on the floor, especially, especially with Zion and J Val on the floor, if that's how they want to play it. I just don't see, I don't see Trey Murphy not being on the floor for the Pelicans for 25 minutes a game for his career. Like at, at least that, I think he could easily be a 32 minute per game guy. And he's somebody that I love and I wish I had him in more leagues Nick Richards it's really hard to say the Hornets are weird um they have Kai Jones but but they're playing Nick Richards Nick Richards he's been really good so that's not a slight on them at all they just drafted Mark Williams do I think Nick Richards is a long-term play for the Hornets no but Right it while it lasts, I guess Jalen Noel his shot's been weird to start the year I believe um he's a hot name coming into the year because of how much depth the, uh, the, the wolves gave up to get Rudy Gobert. Like they traded away Vanderbilt Beasley, Beverly, just like, so Noel was the only guy left. Yeah. He's shooting 27% from three on five attempts a game and shooting 75% from the line, as opposed to 94, 82, 78 in the three previous years. Um, I mean, Noel in the last two years has averaged like a 37% from three. So I would be buying Jalen Noel if anybody's interested in selling him. Uh, He's taking 13 shots a game right now, which is double what he was used to taking. And that's only in 19 minutes a game. So uh, he, he gets him up there. That's for sure. But he's going to have opportunity. He's 23 years old. Uh, I'm, I'm in on Jalen Noel and you could probably get him for cheaper than what he will uh, end up as once he once that shot levels out. Trey Mann is another interesting one, another guy who relies purely on scoring, but there's also a role for that. Um, he's he's playing a bit more than what I thought he would, uh, even with SGA's missing some time. Giddy, I think, has been relatively healthy, um, but I think Mann's kind of just a chucker. 
which is fine. There's like I said, there's a role for that. He's actually getting 1.2 steals a game this year, which would be really nice for his uh, overall stat set because he's at 39% from the field on 13 shots a game, and then it's weirdly shooting 67% from the line. I like Trey Mann. I don't need to get into the nitty gritty of his statistical profile. I think he's going to have a role. It's just going to be a question of how many shots he gets to take on that OKC team when everybody's healthy, which we may not get to see because that's kind of how it seems like OKC is doing things these days. Um, A couple more guys that I want to talk about um, that I think are either what they're doing is real as far as like a ranking perspective, just some of their stats are going to level out. Um, Jaden McDaniels, you guys knew you weren't going to get out of this without a Jaden McDaniels conversation. He is getting 3.4 defensive stats a game, which is awesome. And you guys know that I love that. I don't think he's a 1.7 steal a game guy. Uh, That's just a lot. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty aggressive on the steals. Is 1.7 blocks as well. I don't think that that's like real either, but not in a, not in a sense that both of them are like just extremely out of the question. I do think he's a one, one, one guy fairly easily. Um, His, his rebounding numbers are way, way, way down like a third. He's getting a third of his rebounds as what he was uh, like the rebounding percentage that comes with playing next to cat or Gobert pretty much all the time, if not both he's his three point percentage. He's shooting 30% from three, despite shooting about 34% the previous two years, uh, he's shooting 67% from two, which is pretty awesome. And he's upped his free throw percentage and volume to three attempts a game at 83%. I've been telling you guys, this, this dude's fantasy game is absolutely fantastic. I don't know how much scoring opportunity he's going to get, but he is out there on the floor for 32 minutes a game. And he's just going to fall into you know, what it, what would it, what would it be like 13 points, four boards, 1.5 assists, 1.2 steals, 1.1 blocks. Like that's a really, really good fantasy player. I would be still be buying Jaden McDaniels, but I don't think I can buy him anywhere else. Deandre Ayton, he's only playing 26 minutes a game. He's at 0.4 blocks a game. Like neither of those two are going to stick. And if they do stick, it's because Ayton's going to be traded the second he becomes available in January. Uh, Scotty Barnes is only at 29 minutes a game. I'm not worried about him. Brandon Ingram, He's hurt right now, but I'm buying Brandon Ingram. He's got 1.3 steals a game, which is definitely floating his fantasy value at the moment because you know we're we're used to him being at like 0.8. Uh, but I mean, if you look at the games that he's played with Zion, CJ, and JVal, the usage is pretty well rounded. Ingram is second in that in that pecking order. But the numbers that he's putting up, the efficiency is going to go down. He's not shooting 58% from the floor, but he's getting to the line at an absurd rate that I don't think is unsustainable. And that is going to open up his game a ton, even if the field goal attempts are not going to be there. So I'm buying Brandon Ingram, Uh, Ben Simmons. I don't know, man, uh, I have Simmons in way too many places to not believe. So I'm kind of just talking myself into it, but uh, yeah, it, it could get ugly here soon if he just doesn't i don't think he looks right having watched him a little bit athletically so i'm not uh i'm not really 
holding too much of this against him. The rebounds and the steals are the rebounds and assists rather are, are kind of there. Um, but who knows? We'll, we'll see. It's, uh, it's not great. That's for sure. DeMontis Sabonis. Um, you guys know I've watched a ton of DeMontis Sabonis as a Pacers fan. He has only been playing 28.9 minutes a game. He's played 22 minutes a game in two of his uh, last four games, I believe it was. He was flat out played off the off the court against Golden State, and then he fouled out against Bam in 22 minutes. So, like, I don't think that that's that big of a deal. His minutes are down, so everything across the board is going to be down. R.J. Barrett is at 237 for nine cat 2.2 assists, which has gone way down since Brunson arrived and, and then zero steals a game, which he's not a great stocks guy, but zero is not possible for a guy who plays 33 to 35 minutes a game shooting 22% from three. That's not going to keep going the way that it is. And then 79% from the free throw line, which would actually be a positive. So Barrett has room to grow there. Another guy, last one, I think Keldon Johnson, is blowing up right now, and I do not believe it because Keldon is getting 1.3 steals a game right now. He's averaged 0.8 for his entire career. We know how volatile steals can be, so maybe he keeps it up. I just have strong, strong, strong doubts that that's the case, and that's going to float his nine-cat value at least. The volume that he's getting as far as shot attempts and offensive creation is pretty ridiculous, and he's handling it really well but it helps to be shooting 44% from three on nine attempts a game rather than the 5.3 he was taking last year. And then on the other hand of that, he's also only shooting 48% from two rather than 52 is what he's used to doing. So I, uh, maybe it'll level out. I am just not confident. Keldon is going to be able to do what he's doing for much longer and that is the end of the players that i wanted to talk about i didn't get to all of them so i might get a bigger sample size and talk about some more but if you have some players you want me to talk about not rookies i'm doing a specific rookie podcast here shortly please let me know at ret underscore bauer on twitter thank you very much for tuning in i will see you guys next time